Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. Okay, so I guess there's not going to be a race between Billy Hamilton and John Ross. Okay. Actually, I would I would I would pay cash money to see a hundred yard dash between Billy Hamilton and John Ross, but apparently Marvin Lewis doesn't want it because he wants John Ross concentrating on his transition from college football to the NFL. How are you going to argue that, right? I mean, he's being paid to play in the NFL. But I would still like to see, I think, you know, I think eventually that will happen. I just have a sneaking suspicion. It may not be this year, but I think I think eventually, after Ross gets a year of football under his belt, and Hamilton will be here for a while, certainly be here for a while if he continues to do what he did last night. But I think after a while, we'll see John Ross race Billy Hamilton. And I don't, you know, again, I, I think there's some people in in the media that are obsessed with seeing this happen, that seem to think that this would be wonderful and great and all that. And, you know, at, at times in the media, and I'm in the media, we get we tend to get obsessed with ideas and think it would be great. The money was allegedly or is allegedly going to go to some sort of charity. I don't even know how the idea got, got floated, but whoever floated it, it was a it was a terrific idea and kind of something that I think would captivate the imagination of, of the uh, ticket-buying public here. But, but Marvin Lewis is right. John Ross is someone who needs to figure out how to transcend college football and play in the NFL. I don't think he put it in the best of terms when he said John Ross is not a circus act. It's, this isn't a circus act. It would have been a, when, when two runners of world-class speed match each other in a particular event, that's not a circus event. Now, think of the great track stars that we've had here all across the country. Usain Bolt is not a circus act. This is a, this is a match of skills. And I think, again, Marvin choosed his words unwisely, but I think it's eventually going to happen, and I think Lewis is right. You don't want it to happen until he gets his feet completely wet in what his profession is and what the Bengals are choosing to, to do with him. But I, I think it would be great. I think it would be fantastic. Here's something else I think is fantastic. Now, we can debate a lot about whether or not the, the Reds dug themselves so deep a hole that they're not going to get out of with their current personnel. We can talk all we want about how under past regime, before Dick Williams became general manager, and in fairness to... The, the topic here, Dick Williams operated in the Reds' front office for a long time with input of some to, um, I guess, not so great success after what happened in 2013. It's not like his fingerprints weren't all, all over this thing. But now that, that he has this completely under his control, or it would seem, I think what, uh, I think what we're seeing here is kind of a modern miracle. But what's going on with the Cincinnati Reds, their personnel, if you just look at it on paper, it should not be in the position that it's in right now. It should not have gotten off to the start that it got off to this year. 
Uh, as as we speak today and in the wake of last night's win, the Reds are just a game out of first place. The Cubs aren't playing as well as we thought they would play, and the Pirates and the Cardinals are kind of floundering in the same situation as the Reds. So just a game out of first place, and you look at the personnel that the Reds have, and you're saying, how does this happen? How does this happen? You look at the Giants and the personnel that they have, and they're, I think, eight games under five hundred, and you say, how does that happen? How does that happen? But one of the reasons why it's happening for the Reds is slowly two things are beginning to come around. One, Billy Hamilton's on-base percentage is starting to come up a little bit. It was woefully anemic even four or five days ago. He had a big night last night, and that's certainly going to help. Three for four. He has three hits. He has two walks. So he gets on base five times last night. His on-base percentage comes up, which means that the Reds can do things on the base paths that they can't do when Hamilton doesn't get on, right? They can create havoc. The other thing that's going on here is Joey Votto is beginning to figure a few things out. Now, I don't know what goes on with him during the first month of a season. It happened last year. It ha- it's, it's happened this year, the tinkering and trying to figure out what's what. I don't think Joey Votto goes into prolonged slumps. I think he's, A, far too talented for that, and B... I think he gets to a point where, and this is just a guess, where he kind of figures it's not worth overthinking this stuff. So last night, he gets on base four times. He uh, winds up scoring twice, and his on-base percentage, which again was not Votto-like the last eight to ten days ago, is now up where it usually is. He's flirting with 400, 40%. Of the time that he gets on, gets it at, comes to the plate, he gets on base. So I think those two things are beginning to happen, and that's probably the biggest key why the Reds have started now to play better baseball. You go into a game last, like they did last night, and you bang out 16 hits. I don't care what kind of pitching you get, chances are you're going to win that game. And with the win last night, the Reds now climb back over 500 by a game. So I think, I think. A lot of what Hamilton is doing and a lot of what Votto is doing is directly tied to the way the Reds are beginning to come alive. Suarez is going to hit every so often. Shebler is going to hit every so often. Duval is going to hit for power. Maybe not great average, but if you can get two of the top three guys in your lineup on base and going, and right now they've got Cozart, Hamilton, and Votto is starting to come around. If you can get that, you're going to win a lot of games. You're going to win a lot of ball games. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Reds are in the position that they're in right now. And the position they're in is competitive. It's a surprise. It's a shock. You didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. And I think down deep, they probably didn't expect it. But that's what happens when you win ball games early. Now, look, I've said this. This will be at least the third time I've said this. But I think Brian Price has the exact Perfect touch that this team needs right now. He doesn't care about roles in his bullpen. He doesn't care about closers. He doesn't care about situational matchups. He manages to win ball games. And if he can win a ball game in the fifth inning, as opposed to trying to drag a game out that might be a one or two run ball game and try to win it in the eighth and save it in the ninth, he he elects not to do that. And I think that's wise on his part. If you win ball games and you win them now, you plant seeds, not just with your fan base, but with your players. More important with your players, that you want to win ball games now. He's managing this thing perfectly. He has a 
I was going to say he doesn't have a full deck, but that could be taken a number of different ways. He doesn't have the kind of resources that other teams have. He doesn't have hammers at the top of his starting rotation. He doesn't have great hitting throughout his lineup. He has players that in some instances would be bench players in his starting everyday eight. But when he sees a moment, he seizes it and he manages it to win, knowing full well that wins count just as much in April and May as they do later in the season in July and August when there are pennant races. So I, I compliment him the, the, the way he's going about this because if, if by chance this team can remain competitive in the months of July and August, then you, you, you put yourself in that very precarious and very nebulous position of competing with a diff, decent record and knowing that other teams are going to fall to the same stress that they always do, that the Reds invariably will, and that's injury and slumps and things like that. Other managers would have managed differently. They would have managed, quote-unquote, by the book, bring the closer in in the eighth, bring the setup guy in the uh, closer in, in the ninth, bring the setup guy in in the eighth. And Price isn't doing that. I, I think if you look at baseball as it is right now, it's going to be hard-pressed right now, 29 now moving into 30 games this season, to find a guy that's managed in Major League Baseball better than Brian Price with the amount of resources that he does not have. I think that's a, I think that's a, huge, I think that's a huge factor. Lastly, a lot of debate on Joe Mixon, right? I mean, it's just been out there all week, and it's starting, frankly, to get old and tired. And I, I understand what he did and the implications of it, and I understand that that will be something that will hound him for the rest of his life. He may not like it, but he put himself in that position, and that's exactly what's going to happen to him. It seems like the aggrieved party has been satisfied, and a cynic would say all of this happened at the heel, at the, at the cusp of the NFL draft. And maybe that was the overarching reason why they decided to settle here a week, 10 days, two weeks ago. But that's done. The Bengals have made a business decision. And their business decision is that you're okay with it. Because if you weren't okay with it, they would not have made that business decision. At the end of any business paradigm is what does the customer want? No business ever stayed in business by not giving the customer what she or he wanted. So they they must feel, I don't know if it's research or gut feeling, or just maybe understanding that the most important thing to any sports franchise and its fan base is winning. Maybe they just came to that conclusion. So it's there, and it's done, and they're going to move forward with it. The guy is on a short leash, right? If he does one thing that's even remotely a foul, of the law, remotely afoul of what whatever we stand for in a society is anymore, then he's going to have to pay the price, and the price will probably be a dismissal from here. One would think, I don't know, it's the land of a thousand chances down there at Paul Brown Stadium, but one would think that that would be what would happen. And they, the Bengals, must feel certain that that and the chances of that happening again are not good. And so they made a business decision. Because they know down deep what a fan wants more than anything else. Particularly a fan in a town where its professional teams haven't won in over a generation. What a fan wants is for his team to win. 
to go out there on Sunday to compete, to win a game that a city and its fan base identifies with. Now, we can get into a very large and wide-ranging conversation about how, as a society, we have morphed into what we are, where we accept things like that, and why it is that way and why it isn't that way. Times change, people change, societies change. This ain't your father's NFL. And so Joe Mixon is here, and I think the discussion at some point, and I, I would like it to begin now and going forward through the rest of the uh, this season and into the games. I would like for it to be what they do with him, how he helps them, and why it makes them a better football team. Because we can get bogged down and talk about all of that that transpired three years ago that, again, seems to have been settled by all parties in a very successful way, financially and otherwise. We have to accept the fact that he's here. We may not like it, but he's here. We not, may not want to root or be interested in that team, and that's fine. But for those who do, he's here. And we have to understand that he's here because the team is comfortable with him being here, because they think you're comfortable with him being there. And frankly, if the guy goes out against Baltimore in the first week of the season and runs for 100 yards and three touchdowns, there will be very little, if any, discussion about what he did three years ago. Same with Adam Jones. If he goes out, intercepts three passes, returns one for a touchdown against the Ravens, there will be very little talk, if any, about what transpired on that January night with a nurse at a casino at a local hotel. It's just the way it is. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is anymore. And we can either accept it and move on, or we can get embroiled in it about the sanctity of what should be. And I think you kind of get engulfed by that stuff. The great thing that we have as human beings is the ability to make our minds up about everything. And we can choose. Nobody has to tell us. Nobody in the media has to tell us. You know, if, you have a, if you're of a certain age, your mother and father doesn't have to tell you. If you're not on the job, your boss doesn't have to tell you. You can make your own mind up. And while a lot of us have been really exercised over the last two weeks over the Bengals possibly drafting Joe Mixon and then drafting Joe Mixon, it seems to me that most of the outrage comes from us and little of it comes from you. And so, okay, I think you accept that. That's what the customer wants. Now let's see what the team is delivering to the customer. And if that seems linear or that seems uh, monolithic in its, in, its, in its view, well, that's it. That's the way it is. It, it, that's the way it is right now. 749-7000-1800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Uh, we have, in addition to you, because I want to hear from you this afternoon on these myriad of topics that I want to get to. So I want to hear from you. We've got a lot of st- a lot of turf to cover. Yes, we are going to have a preview of the Kentucky Derby because that goes off tonight a little after 6.30. So I want to, I want to get into that. Also uh, tonight uh, on the show, and I, you know, I, as you know, on Saturdays I try to be a little more far-ranging and more diverse in topics than I am 
when I'm on the air Monday through Friday. So I want to I want to get to more topics than what I normally do, just in the sports sports realm. And uh, some of these I think might help help you help me along the way. And I think if we can get a lot of that stuff accomplished today, that's good. I think that's good. Anyway, if you're a guy and you work and you're on the job and you want to look your best, would you ever consider Botox? Did you think that maybe your appearance isn't what it should be and you may want to try a little needle here, needle there? Because I'm telling you, a lot of your coworkers are doing it and they're probably being really quiet about it. Yes. Something else. Are you plagued by negative thinking on the job? Are you really and truly engulfed in what people say that just brings you down or negative stuff on the Internet? I've got somebody that can help you with that. I really, really do. I got, I got an energy coach on with me today. Someone that can change bad energy into really good energy. So that's coming up on the show today. And then also... Can you believe it happened again? Somebody was threatened by an airline of getting dragged off the plane. See what Delta tried to do to this uh, this couple with kids this week? So not necessarily getting into getting dragged off an airplane. But why are some of these service-based companies so stupid? And why don't they learn from their lessons? And why, in your personal life, you don't have to make the same error? Now, where else are you going to get that on a Saturday afternoon? Ah, tell me. Where else? Coming up on 1223. We exist here in the land of the make-believe, the theater of the mind. But also, out and about, from a 50,000-watt transmitter, bouncing its signal off the turf in Mason, spreading it out. Over the Midwest with the good news from the Queen City and available all over the world in places like Yugoslavia, the Ukraine, South America, Buenos Aires, Los Angeles, Alaska, and yes, Moscow on iHeartRadio.com. Yes, this is the powerhouse known as News Radio 700 WLW. News Radio 700 WLW. Cloudy today, high 57. Cloudy, but clearing out overnight. Low 37 tomorrow night. Sunny high 59. Monday, sunny high 61. We're at 52 right now at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station News Radio 700 WLW. Happy birthday to the man from Michigan. She's totally committed. Mr. Bob Seeger. I kind of like that lady. Bob Seeger turned 72 years old today. He'd like to thank you for the birthday wishes. He'd like to thank Jane Fonda. From a role in Barbarella with the inspiration for this song. This is from the 1980 album Against the Wind. It's won a Grammy that year for best album. Only number one album in the history of Bob Seger's career. The only one. Cat named Dave Teagarden on drums. 
bass track laid down by Chris Campbell. Drew Abbott on guitar and accompanied by the long-distance runner himself, Bob Seeger. Tell you how good this album was. Pink Floyd's The Wall was just dominating the album charts. Uh, just knocked them off. Got a lot more to get it. Sit back down, pop yourself a cold one. We're back in a flash. News Radio 700 WLW. Twelve thirty-five on this Saturday afternoon. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. My goodness, when is it going to get warm again? Normally, this time of the year, we're 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 boiling up. Humidity, temperature, fifty-three. Not used to that. Not used to that at all. By the way, I said it was twelve thirty-five here in the tri-state, but you and I both know it's five o'clock somewhere. Excuse me while I sip this up. Now then. If you'd like to get a hold of me by email, the email address is ken at kenbrew.com. I know, it's unbelievable. Ken at kenbrew.com. And if you'd like to participate by Twitter, they got this new thing, this new thing called uh, Twitter. You know, you can tweet. All the kids are using it. It is the uh, at sign in my name, K-E-N-B-R-O-O. Sign up today. Get my... Pithy little comments throughout the day. More than 15,000 stalk, I mean followers. Can't be all wrong. I mentioned the uh, Reds. They play tonight. 7-10 first pitch here on News Radio 700 WLW. Coming off the heels of a 13-3 game. A 13-3 win last night over the uh, San Francisco Giants. A moment about... Just a moment before we press on and, and move on to other topics. But a, a moment about Bronson Arroyo. Um, what looked like, you talk about, Marvin Lewis talked about circus acts. What looked like something like that in late January and early February when he signed with the Reds. I mean, this was a guy that I, I it was like three years in between meaningful pitches in Major League Baseball. And if you look at what has happened since his Tommy John surgery and where he is, this is a great lesson for every young pitcher. So much is made, and, and, and wrongfully, I think, so much is made about velocity, about ball, you know, what is, does his fastball rise? Does it move? Does it go here? Does it go there? So much is made of that today when evaluating pitching talent. His fastball tops out at 99 miles an hour. At the end of everything at that position, it's pitching. It is largely done physically, but what a lot of it is done with is the head, the mind. And as people get older, right, doesn't matter whether you're a professional athlete, whatever you do in life, when you get older, you get a little craftier. You figure out how to do things that you didn't quite know how to do 10, 15, 20 years earlier in your career. 
by necessity, Bronson Arroyo has had to do that. He doesn't. He never really threw that hard to begin with, but he he figured it out. He figured it out. And so in January and February, when people are looking at Bronson Arroyo, what are you doing? Why are you signing this guy? Because he had figured things out, and he figured out how to get opposing batters out. Now, he hasn't figured out how to do that through the second and third time through a batting order. He he did well through the second time of the batting order, but opposing batters are smart guys. They figure things out. And Arroyo can get you just far enough into a bullpen that has been lights out great. He's figured it out just enough to be a very effective pitcher here. So regardless of where this season goes, doesn't matter whether they, they, they lose 90, they win 75 or 80, whatever it is. One of the great stories and one of the great lessons from this, this baseball season, I think, is Bronson Arroyo. If you believe in what you have, chase the dream until the dream is unattainable. If you think that there's a way for you to excel at what you do, and all you need is a chance, chase the chance. And if you're a young pitcher, if you're somebody that's pitching in high school or college, you don't have to blow away everybody. It's pitching. It's not throwing. It's pitching. And this, by necessity, I think is not only one of the best stories in 2017, I think it's a great lesson for a lot of us that have never picked up a baseball and thrown it professionally in our lives. 749-7000, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. How Joe Mixon can repay Oklahoma University and the Bengals. We'll get into that next on News Radio 700 WLW. 12.45 on this Saturday afternoon. Good afternoon. So, um, I'm uh, perusing the internets over the last few days, and I stumbled upon this story from the uh, Daily Oklahoman, which is a, um, it's the daily newspaper in Oklahoma City. And uh, their columnist, and we've, we've had him on many times before, and it's a treat we're going to have him on right now, Barry Trammell. How Joe Mixon can replay Oklahoma and the Bengals. And he outlines just a, a few things about not only what happened that night three years ago, but also about the kind of person that, that Mixon could be in the right set of circumstances. And, and I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I want to ask him about just uh, who is this guy? And so without uh, further ado, let's bring in a guy that we talked to a lot of when uh, UC was flirting with the Big 12. And uh, now he can talk about this, how Joe Mixon can replay Oklahoma University and the Bengals. Barry Trammell, Daily Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. Barry, thanks for joining us. Yeah, how's things in Cincinnati? Well, we're still not in the Big 12. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You got a big 12 tailback coming, though. So, yeah. Uh, 
yeah. I don't know yeah. what kind of consolation prize that is. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, much has been made, and rightfully so, about what happened in uh, in that diner or that bar or whatever it was out there three years ago. And uh, I, I, not that I want to brush that aside at all, but just just to begin, what kind of player is Joe Mixon, and is he a difference maker, or do you think he'd be a difference maker at the, at the NFL level? Well, he's really good and talented and multifaceted. Now, difference maker is a high standard uh, in the NFL. Uh, you know, there's not too many difference-making tailbacks in the NFL, so I don't know if he can reach that level. I don't know if he can be Ezekiel Elliott or, yeah. or uh, you know, somebody like that. But he's really good uh, out of the backfield catching the ball. He had the best catch of the Oklahoma season uh, in, in 2016, a one-handed deep ball diving one-hander against Houston. Uh, so he's really he's really talented. Uh, he's got good speed and get away from people. Now, you know, uh, durability, he, he wasn't hurting much. Running between the tackles, I don't know. You know, the NFL, uh, they got some, uh, they got some different guys, uh, in, in, in the trenches. So that's to be determined. But I think he's a really good player and I think there's a, there's a lot he can uh, do for the Bengals. Has he, and I know that, uh, it's difficult because you're not around Joe Mixon. I'm not around any of the Bengals 24 seven. So you don't know, but has, has he changed appreciably in those three years? Because we've heard there might have been some other incidents, incidents since then. Is he, is he, has he changed appreciably since then? Oh, I don't have any idea. Uh, I don't know what he was like when he got here. I don't know what he was like that night. Um, I don't know what he was like the last three years. I can tell you what he did in a couple of situations. I've actually become quite the expert on the Joe Mixon. I've watched the video hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. I've watched the police interviews with uh, Joe Mixon, um, interrogation. So uh, I'm pretty well versed on what happened at Pickleman's that night. Uh, the problem we have is we just don't know Joe Mixon. We don't know if that's out of character. We don't know if he has, uh, if he has uh, changed from that. Just don't know. These guys are so insulated, um, so protected. There's no way of knowing. Yep. Uh, he has stayed out of legal trouble except for the run-in. He lost his head and, and uh, tore up a parking ticket and threw it at a female officer in, uh, in last autumn. Now, people say, well, we've all wanted to do that. And I say, yes, we all have wanted to do that, and almost <laughs> none of us have done that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, to me, that's a red flag. That's an anger, uh, an anger management uh, situation. Potentially, it seems to me. Um, so I don't know uh, if you know the, the players and the coaches all swear by him, but I don't put a lot of stock in what players or coaches say about teammates. Never have and never will. So uh, you know the, the Bengals are out there on a limb, and you know if if Joe Mixon uh, you know walks the straight and narrow, that limb won't crack. But you know if he doesn't, that limb could could snap. Does Bob Stoops think he misplayed this whole thing? He says publicly that he might not have um, been as lenient in his punishment. You know, the season was was certainly a a stiff punishment. But did did they misplay this thing from jump out in Oklahoma with him? Yes, they misplayed it. Now I think when Stoops said that you know he he, he couldn't he wouldn't do what he did. I don't think he meant he regrets doing it. 
I don't think he means that uh, he misplayed it. I think he meant society has changed. You know, this uh, Joe Mixon uh, hit me a Molitor just uh, right around the Ray Rice incident. Mm-hmm. And, um, frankly, the video of Ray Rice came out after the Joe Mixon the Joe Mixon punishment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if it had been a month or two later, he might have been gone. So that's what Bob Stoops meant. Here's where Oklahoma misplayed the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Ken. I think a season, a season suspension is pretty severe. A lot of people said get rid of him. But a season-long suspension is, is severe for an 18-year-old superstar. Mm-hmm. So... Where Oklahoma misplayed it was this: they they uh, should have said, "Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to keep you around one year suspension, but you got to do three three, three things. One, uh, you got to get all the legal stuff taken care of. That's got to get behind you, and that largely did happen. They should have also said, "The tape's coming out right now. We're not going to sit here and keep the, the tape sequestered and that having that loom over us all the time." and Number three, you're going to, going to apologize publicly to a Mia Molitor. What happened was the tape didn't come out until 28 months later, mm-hmm. December of 2016. Right. The apology didn't come until December of uh, 2016, 28 months later. All this uh, sort of loomed over Joe Mixon and the OU program and the entire campus. That was just a PR disaster. They should have gotten it all out uh, right there in the summer of 2014, got it behind them, and let Joe Mixon go about the business of trying to to uh, repair his name. Instead, he was sort of sequestered and never talked to the media, never said anything about it. And it, it was just sort of a, a powder keg waiting to blow. Yeah. And then they let it out finally in, uh, in uh, December. And I think that was his agent's um, decision to try to, preparing for the NFL draft, getting, you know, I don't think there's any way the Bengals could have picked Joe Mixon if that tape had not come out. Because if you you take Mixon knowing the tape's out there, but the public hasn't seen it, and then the the tape comes out, say, right now or a week from now or when training camp starts, you're talking about a a full-fledged scandal. So uh, I think they misplayed it, and it was just a PR disaster, and it really delayed – Joe Mixon's ability to try to redeem himself. How Joe Mixon can replay OU, that being Oklahoma University and the Bengals, written by uh, our guest Barry Trammell, the Daily Oklahoman. Well, we'll see. He's got to keep his nose clean. I think there's one misstep, as you well know. Uh, they'll probably cut and run from him here. So it's all on him now. And I, you know, I, I worked, I worked in Oklahoma many, many years ago, as you know that. And I know how huge Oklahoma football is. Long before the days of surveillance videos and uh, social media and 24-7 cell phone cameras. So who knows? This stuff could have gone on for a long, long time with a lot of different people on a lot of different campuses. The difference now is it's out there and it's in the open. And I think a great talent has been given a second chance, and we'll see. We'll learn more about Joe Mixon, I think, Barry, in the next year, two years, five years, and if he's learned from anything – and then if he hasn't, then we'll probably see something, maybe not this, just rear its ugly head. And I think that's just the way it goes with anybody that's on a second chance, don't you? Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's possible that what they say about Joe Mixon is true, that he was just 
you know, this happened on his 18th birthday. So he's, he's one day removed from being a minor. Mm-hmm. It's possible that he's actually not a bad person. He just lost his head for 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. I don't think it's particularly likely, yeah. but it's possible. And if he wants to, if he wants to prove that it that that is what happened, he's just a kid that lost his head. He's got the chance to to show us. So uh, the Bengals have given him a great opportunity, um, and, and it's up to him to to do with it what he will. Very travel daily, Oklahoma. You can read them online right now. If you're out there in Oklahoma City, pick up the paper, spend the money. Very appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. All right, Ken. Talk to you later. It is. A unique gift that we're giving, uh, that we're, we are given as people. Some of us never get a second chance, but most of us do. And uh, we'll see what uh, Joe Mixon makes of that. But it will dog him for the rest of his life. There will always be that. It's how he deals with it. It's how he goes about his business that will determine how big of a dog it is that chases him. Seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred. The big one. It's News Radio seven hundred WLW. Now your host Ken Brew on News Radio seven hundred WLW. All right, look, it's all around us, right? It you can't escape social media. You can't escape what people say and most of the things that appear on things like Twitter. What's the other thing they have there, too? That Snapchat thing? is I, I'm not into that. But it, there's a lot of snarkiness that goes on on those things. People think they can become creative and cute in 140 characters. And that doesn't even get in to what goes on in your daily life. The uh, stress of providing some sort of means for you or perhaps your family to live and dealing with people around you that just want to choke you and bring you down. It's tough, isn't it? There's a lot of that negative energy out there and oftentimes it seems like it's inescapable it it just really does it's prevalent a lot in my business stress certainly is and that leads to other things inflammation and that leads to other things other kinds of maladies i know you think about this stuff and you just get sick thinking about it but thinking about it isn't going to change anything unless you think the right way and uh you, you know i just I can't tell you what if you've had heart problems or maybe you've got something going on with your bowels that isn't right. I mean, all of that is inflammation and all of that is stress, and it can lead to things that just aren't very good. So I thought maybe today we could bring a positive and an uplifting and a kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe a catharsis for a lot of us. Because our next guest is somebody that can do that. He is an alternative health and energy coach. He's been on the program before, Christopher Macklin, and he can take what might be a train going off the rails and put it back on because looking at his resume, he seems to make a habit of doing those things. Christopher Macklin, welcome back to 700 WLW. Oh, Ken, thank you so much for having me on. Bless your heart. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, if you, you step outside your door in the morning, you will be bombarded by negative energy. You will. It would... It might be the way your neighbor is treating someone else. It might be a dog that's barking at you. And then you go back inside and say, well, I'm away from that. And you sit down in front of your computer and you just you get inundated by it. Finding positive energy is what we all need to do, but it seems so difficult to do in this day and age. Why so? 
Well, the problem is the social media. I, I think the problem is is there's no communication between people. You know, when when you, for example, you know, say someone puts something really snarky and grumpy, miserable uh, on Facebook, and so they put them on Facebook. Oh, it's grumpy, miserable, and people react to it. But hang on a minute. Look at the underlying reason why that person's put something. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're dying of cancer. Maybe something's happening to them. So, you know, it's my um, it's my reasoning that. I find Facebook very difficult because it's very emotive. You know, you're detached between the computer and the person on the other end, so you don't really know what the emotion is going on. If you met that person, you know, in reality, you'd probably find they're hurting so big, you could actually help them say, oh, well, yeah. bless you, you know, what can, I, what can I do to make your right. life amazing, you know? Right, right. Um, well, here's something I don't understand. Now, you're, like, if, if I'm on Facebook, I don't know if you are, but you can't, you can't do this with everybody that you're interacting with. But why does it seem like people don't, pick the phone up anymore. And I think this is a generational thing, to be honest with you. Pick the phone it up is. anymore and talk as opposed to sending text messages. Why, why so? Well, I think we've just got in a generation of technology. It's easier, you know, no one's got any time to spend, you know. No one's spending any time. They're not doing anything. Uh, all they want is, well, I'll... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Send a quick text message because it takes me 20, 22 seconds. Right, I'm done. Yeah. But, you know, that text message is very emotive. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a few, uh, like you say, you know, 10 lines of text. Very blunt. Laugh at LOL and this and that and the other. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Yeah. Let's get back to the American English language or the English language, whatever you want to call it. Let's get back. And- yes. Have a little bit of description and, and love in it. You know, love energy. Energy is all around us. Yes. And what you imprint in things, the problem you've got is that, you know, if I wrote you a letter uh, about something uh, and it was handwritten, I've imprinted my energy within that letter. When you receive it, you would feel that energy mm-hmm. and you feel the emotion of what I'm saying. If I sent you a text with the same thing, the energy has been detached because yeah. it, it's, it's gone through the phone system, it's gone through the writers, it's gone the other end to the person to their phone, and there's no energy. It's no. just flat, you know. It's I, just completely flat. I agree 100% with that, and the post office probably does too. It's when you sit down <laughs> and you write something pen to paper, it is your true emotion that's coming out because you've taken the time to sit down and write that, taken the time to buy a stamp and put it on an envelope, taken the time to go to the post office and drop it in the mailbox. When you send a text... Really, all it is, it's just utilizing the technology at hand, which is fine, which is convenient, which is what a lot of people do because we're all stressed and we're going in a million different directions. But I've always said, if you truly want to convey your, your, true, your true emotions, your true meaning, and care about a person, you will, you will call, not text, and you will write a letter. You won't send it in a text or in an email. Am I wrong? No, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. It's really important. If you care about a person... Get pen to paper. You can't beat it. You don't type it. Because, again, if you type it and you print it out in Word, you've lost that energetic. You've lost that emotion. Right. If you actually physically write it, everything's energy. Nice. Everything's energy. You know, uh, everything's vibrating at a particular frequency. They've proven molecular, um, you know, molecular structures, um, which is quantum physics. Even a, a brick wall or, a, you know, a concrete wall, it vibrates at a particular frequency. So if you've got a piece of paper that's vibrating, if you put emotion into that, 
if someone hands it and reads it, they'll feel, you know, they feel the emotion. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. It really is amazing. <laughs> now, yeah, no, you're right. Now, Christopher, let's talk about this because all of, all of what we're talking about has a direct uh, effect on our health. If you're surrounded by people with negative energy, if, you're, if you work in an environment that doesn't have a lot of feel good to it, it tends to affect other things we do. For example, it tends to affect the way our bodies work. Stress, we know, is a killer because it creates inflammation, and that inflammation will lead to other bad things. So let's just say that we're in an environment like that. How do we get out of that environment, or how do we start making ourselves less like the environment? Well, I think, you know, I normally tell people to go go in, put a space around you, say a few feet, three feet around you, draw a circle and just be in your own space. Don't allow other people. It's very easy. And, and again, we have, if you, if you look at it, for example, if you ingest uh, emotion, then what you're doing is it builds up around the heart shocker energetically. It's like an onion. It builds, builds, builds. Mm-hmm. And what it does is energetics can damage your body and it can paralyze your heart muscle, causing you a, a heart attack. Mm-hmm. How do you get rid of it? Well, We've got, uh, we've got, you know, uh, meditation CDs and things that can actually, as instruments, to get rid of it. It releases it, releases it, releases it. But when you build that emotion up, what happens is you end up, it's almost like soldering little buttons on your, um, on your body. So mm-hmm. when someone says something, they press a trigger point and rah, you react, you yeah. know. And what you've got to do is actually get rid of that. So you're in um, what I call the void or Christ consciousness, one of you, in, in a beautiful place where you're so grateful for life, you're leaping out of bed in the morning going, oh, my God, I've got another beautiful day. Mm. And, and, you know, again, if it works that bad, I mean, I hear it all the time, I hate my boss, I hate, I hate, I hate. Do you know what? Change it. Yeah. You know, yeah. get yourself out of that because it's not worth it. Your life is so precious. And, you know, I always encourage people that everyone's got gifts, you know, doesn't matter it's painting or i do healings last year i did ten and a half thousand healing sessions we did a lot of work for people and um healings what, kind, what are we talking about healings what are we what are you healing there christopher everything cancer cystic fibrosis uh um, really? lyme disease uh macular degeneration which is caused by liver dysfunction you know cancer is a common cold you know when i say that you've got to be kidding doctor said i've got four weeks to live i've got stage four cancer it's a common cold okay so what caused it Cancer's a symptom. What caused it? Emotion. So the body vibration drops, fungal infections mutate, turn into tumors. It's easy to get rid of. Uh, it's more difficult to actually get rid of the symptom because it takes a while and then it'll never come back. You so know, you're, say, times- you're saying emotion and, and, and viewpoint and energy can, 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 can heal things that are driving people to their graves. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, 100%. And I'm living proof because I've got so many testimonies on the website of people who have been healed from things. And it's, God, it's God's energetics. But at the same time, you know, what we're doing is we're getting rid of the symptom, getting rid of that emotion, getting rid of stuck energy in the body, getting the vibration up. And when you feel, you, you're as good as you feel. Yeah. If you're leaping out of bed in the morning, going, oh, my God, I just feel incredible. Then your body's feeling incredible, which means it is incredible. It's right there. Well, but if you get up out of bed, oh, I feel ill and, yeah. you know, you know, then, then you're going to manifest that illness. It'll get worse. Yeah, let's say the alarm goes off and you, instead of jumping out of bed, you pull the covers back up over you. That's probably not a good thing, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. I mean, it's like fibromyalgia. You know, everyone's got fibromyalgia. It's one of the biggest things around. You know, fibromyalgia, what is it? No yeah. one knows. Mm. It's, it's, it's nine out of 21 symptoms, lower back issues, headaches, uh, you know, problems with intestines, um, 
feeling exhausted, your adrenals are crashed, and it's stuck energy within the abdomen. It, it damages the adrenals, it paralyzes them, it paralyzes the liver, so you get headaches. We've got rid of fibromyalgia. It's so easy to get rid of. I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable. I think you just <laughs> described me. I got all that stuff. Now, uh, Christopher Macklin, alternative health and energy coach. Let's let's talk about this because I'm looking at some of the stuff here that I that prepared for this interview. There was a 2014 study published in uh, the journal Neurology that linked high levels of cynicism later in life, that is a general distrust of people and their motors to uh, motives to a greater risk of dementia. So in other words, if you view somebody with a cynical eye, if you have that cynicism in you, and maybe that sarcasm, that sarcastic outlook in life in you, it can actually lead to something like dementia. Apparently it's true, or they wouldn't have published that in this journal. Well, it does, because when your vibration drops, you've got all this emotion, you're stuck, you feel grumpy, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're a crabby old grouch, and, yeah. and you're being rah, snippy to people. The problem is that that emotion drops the vibration of the body, your liver's not functioning, it's not processing the toxins, and therefore you get ammonia in the brain, it's a neurotoxin, it damages your you know, nerve endings. It's so easy to get rid of. We've reversed MS. MS is normally Lyme disease. 99% of people that I've found uh, with MS have got Lyme disease. So you get rid of the Lyme disease, the MS goes. You know, and, so uh, so got... you're, you're saying all these, all these diseases and all that, if, if somebody could get a hold of you, you could work with them, work through them? Do they have, do they have to go see you? Do you do it by... No, no, we, what, do you, what happens we do here? It, we do it over the phone. I oh. phone all over the world. We've got clients in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, you know, England, all over the United States. You know, I do 50 healings a day. Oh my God. I start at 6 in the morning. I finish at 9 at night. That's my commitment because it's a way of life. And... You know, there's so many people sick. You know, I remember one guy had a, a really big tumor um, down in the genital area, and it, it was caused by his boss and his emotions at work. And anyway, what happened? We did some healing on it. It went. Um, and then, funny enough, I, I don't know whether this was divinely aligned. It was divinely aligned by God, I believe, but they let him go because they think, oh, he's a liability. And now he's, he's just so overjoyed, he's never come back. And, you know, he's now doing something else. He's running a cafe with his brother and enjoying himself. Oh, my God. So, so, so his boss at work, had him, he got a tumor on his genitals because of that? Oh, yeah, because oh. think about it. If you look at Chinese medicine, you've got, you've got energetic lines down your body. They're called Mugudians. We know that. Mm-hmm. But the central one has got shock shocker point. It's got energy uh, portals right from your crown right down to your groin. So uh, the, the, the heart, when you build up that emotion, it blocks the energy going down to the genital area, and that can cause all sorts of dysfunction, oh, you know, sure. and, and certainly cancer. Yeah, you know. yeah. Now, so, so, so Christopher, I guess to put a capper on this, first of all, whatever you can do on your own, get the neg- negative energy out of your life, whether, whether it's backing away from social media, uh, writing as, instead of texting. But, but secondly, if somebody wanted to find you and what you're all about, because maybe they're thinking and listening today, hey, look, this is, this is something that's right up my alley. I need some help. This is a guy that can help. This sounds pretty good. How do they find you? Well, they can look on the website. It's... It's www.ChristopherMacklinMacklinMinistries.com, okay. um, and uh, we were actually in Cincinnati at a show um, about three months ago, the oh, no, Victory of Light show. Oh, so uh, yeah, Victor, right? Uh, Victor you know, Victor, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know you were in here. I would have. Well, heck, we could have done this in person. But that's well, so. So it's it's ChristopherMacklinMinistries.com. Yeah, we've got some books out. We've got a lot of CDs. Uh, they're meditations. They get rid of stuck energy. Um, yeah. you know, all you have to do is lie there, listen to them. You'll feel the things. 
We've also got prayers. You know, prayers are things that block negative stuff out. Yeah. A prayer is a map of intent. It's setting your intent that, okay, God, I need to block this out now, whatever it is. And, and it's just allowing you to get used to uh, producing a map of intent in your mind. And it keeps negative stuff out. You know, there's all sorts of negative influences around us. Right. And it's important to keep that. Switch the TV off. Absolutely. Well, well, I, I work in TV, so not when I'm on, certainly. Oh, but no, but after, I, after that, that's fine then, right? After that, that's fine. But no, you're right. It's 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 taking taking back control of your life and understanding that a lot of the things that are wrong with you, be it physical, yeah. be it mental, be it spiritual, be emotional, are things that you can control and you have control over. And and that's why I was I wanted to get you back on the show, Christopher Macklin. Also- yes, ChristopherMacklinMinistries.com dot com is where you find Christopher. You're from Kentucky. I can tell by the accent. I know Texas. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. A show. Take care. Christopher Macklin. It is, though. I mean, you're bombarded with this stuff. And I will tell you this. Not that I'm a doctor, not that I play one on TV or the radio. But if you believe some of the things you read, and I tend to, that a lot of what ails you physically is directly related to what you do with your mind. Irritation, inflammation, stress, and it's serious stuff. And sometimes traditional medicine will will blow that stuff away and say it's not true, that's crazy, it's some guy that can't get licensed as a doctor and this and that. But just stop and think about it for a minute. Just stop and think about it for a minute. I had no idea this dude was in town a couple of year, a couple of months ago. We would have gotten him on live. Anyway, Christopher Macklin, Christopher, that's C H R I S T O P H E R Macklin M A C K L I N one word Ministries. Add that on, make it all one word. dot com. Coming up on one twenty two on this Saturday afternoon, it's you and me on News Radio seven hundred W L W seven hundred W L W. 52 years ago last night, Keith Richards sat awake in his hotel room in Clearwater, Florida. Came up with this guitar riff that led to a monster hit. No 52 years ago last night. No 52 years ago tonight, in that same Clearwater, Florida hotel. The Stones, after playing in what turned out to be a raucous concert in Florida, the show that had to be stopped just a couple of songs into it because the cops couldn't control the crowd. 52 years ago tonight, after that, Richard went back to his hotel room, invited Mick Jagger, and he says, Hey, man, look what I came up with. And the two of them proceeded to write this song in that Clearwater hotel room. They cut the song five days later at Chess Records in Chicago. Had kind of a kind of a country feel to it. Stones didn't like that, so they headed out to... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play with the tapes. 
Spent a couple of days in the studio out there. Gave it a more edgy rock feel like this. It was on the streets and on radio stations less than a month later. Jagger wrote all the lyrics, except that one. Can't get no satisfaction. Richards gets credit for that. Song peaked at number one, stayed there for a month. But it all began 52 years ago tonight. Cloudy today, high 57, clearing out overnight, low 37. Tomorrow, sunny, high 59. Monday, sunny, high 61. 54! With the Tri-State Severe Weather Station, News Radio 700 WLW. When we return, take a look around the office when you get in there tomorrow, or Monday, or Tuesday. Look at the men in your office and wonder, are they doing something? that was once reserved only for women. Next on News Radio 700 WLW. It's coming up on 135 on this Saturday afternoon. Welcome back. 700 WLW, glad you're with us. Ken Brew, as always, proud to be with you on these Saturday afternoons. You know, this, the, the, the desire... The pressure, maybe just the um, want, desire might be a tough word, maybe just the want to look better, is something that I think a lot of us thought was exclusive to the female gender for very long. But now, as I've discovered, there are more and more men that are paying visits to the plastic surgery offices in their various towns across America. In fact, this is, I found this startling. Last year, almost a half a million men went to get Botox injections. Looking good and feeling good about yourself is not something that is gender exclusive anymore. But I found that number uh, astoundingly high. I know there's a lot of men in the country and that the overall number of men in, uh, in the country is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fairly significant number, but the number of men who are trying to look younger, stay younger, seems to be growing with each year. And I just wondered how, what's that all about? What's driving that? Why, why is it something on the job? Is it something at home? Is it something that is out on the social scene? And, you know, if you're a guy, would you really consider doing something like that? Anyhow, um, someone that can address that is our next guest here on News Radio 700 WLW. It is, uh, it is a pleasure to welcome Dr. Uh, Farah Khan to join us. He is uh, on the board of the American uh, Plastic Surgeons, and uh, from what I understand, is very much in tune as to what's going on here with all of these Botox injections that guys are now getting. Uh, Dr. Khan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, now Dr. Khan, let me just, for those of us that aren't, really sure of what Botox is. I mean, exactly what happens, and I would be one of them. What, what, what is it? I'm, I, just for the, the uninitiated, what is, what is a Botox injection? Sure. So Botox itself is a neurotoxin that has been essentially a deactivator or made safe, um, but it's uh, reconstituted. It, it, it's sold as a powder, and you have to reconstitute it with uh, saline. 
and then it it gets injected into the areas wherever a person has any animational wrinkles. So if a person is very expressive, whenever they move their face um, or they raise their eyebrows, they'll tend to get wrinkles going across their forehead, uh, wrinkles kind of, you know, around the sides of their eyes, wrinkles in the parentheses portion uh, right above the bridge of their nose. So those are the wrinkles that Botox really is targeting. And what does it do? So Botox, what it does is it'll bind to a receptor on the muscles that are responsible for those wrinkles because when a muscle contracts, that's how you get a wrinkle. And so essentially it's binding to the receptor and letting that muscle not contract. And so does, does it last long? Last- I mean, do you, are you constantly going back to do this or you do it once and then you're, you're set for life? It, it typically, well, it, it'll typically last anywhere between three to four months. Um, but what we have seen happens is that as someone um, you know, uses Botox frequently, their need for it typically grows less um, as the years go by. And it, is it something where you can still have facial expression? And, and that's the key, right? Because you, you do want to have facial expression. Okay. Um, you never want to have a frozen look because that actually ages you. And so I think the key is going to a board-certified plastic surgeon or a dermatologist, someone who knows the anatomy, so they can put it in the right muscles and not just give you an overall frozen look. Okay, so it, 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 a frozen look. So if you have, like, as you said, in the forehead, if you have if you have wrinkles in the forehead or perhaps above the bridge of the nose or around the eyes, it would work. If you have deep laugh lines, would that work, or would you need something else for those? For the laugh lines, you typically need fillers because mm. over there we've lost volume. And so we would just want to, you know, add additional volume. Right. So that would be something like years ago it probably would have been a product like collagen. Now it's it's probably something like Juvederm or something like that you would fill in with, Tara. Exactly. I, you know, full disclosure, I have had some work done. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying, to help the, uh, trying to help the uninitiated along here. Now, let's well, take perfect. The, yeah, well, now to the, to the, well, some would say I haven't had enough work done. But um, to, to the issue at, at hand, doctor, uh, why more men? Because this seems like, I mean, you know what our society is like. It is much more forgiving for men than it is for women. The, 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 uh, the trying to stay beautiful and young and all of that, I, I would not even begin to imagine what the pressure would be on your side of the gender equation, but it seems like now it's coming over to the male side too. Why? What, what, what's, what's happening here? Well, you know, I, I mean, still, if we look at the big picture, I mean, men only account for about 10% um, of probably all plastic surgery procedures. But I think with the rise of selfies, the fact that, you know, we're always on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and constantly posting photos of ourselves and selfies, I think people in general have just become more aware of how they look and, um, you know, if there's something like Botox or fillers or peels, anything that can make your picture look better, I think people are willing to go that extra mile. So it's it's social media that may be driving this. But I would uh, the other thing I would think, too, is that if you're in a, a competitive workplace and, you know, you want to be the guy who is viewed as someone who helps lead the company and you're full of energy and this and that, and you're of a certain age, you know, the, the honesty about it is is when a guy gets older and he gets to be like 60 or 70, he's got gray hair and he looks distinguished, people automatic, automatically think, hey, there's a guy that knows a lot. Really, he's just some old guy with gray hair. He may not know anything. But when you're younger and you're trying to get ahead of the game, this is obviously a way to make you look like you are still got that energy and that spark, is it not? It's sure. And we've actually had patients who have come to us, um, you know, maybe a week or two prior to a job interview. And especially um, I've noticed men in sales, um, they will come and just get Botox um, because they want to make sure that they do have that competitive edge. 
Does it hurt? It really doesn't. It, it's over in about five minutes. It's a, I always tell patients it'll feel like just a tiny pinprick. It's a very small needle, um, and I mean, literally we do it in five minutes. Five minutes. I, I think women, yeah, five minutes. I think women are a little bit more used to that type of pain because we're used to getting tweezed and plucked and waxed and threaded. Yeah. Um, for men, I think well, speak for yourself, minutes. doctor. Some of us have had that done. Yes, but go ahead. And you think men what now? <laughs> But I think men in general have a um, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a shock to them the first time they get it done, but then typically after that it's fine. And it's fine, and so it lasts three to four months. Is it is it by and large expensive? Um, it kind of it just depends on I think the area. I mean, for, I think we're in Dallas, and um, I discharge by the area, but it goes anywhere from about three hundred fifty dollars, probably all the way up to about six hundred dollars. Six hundred dollars. So. Uh, yeah, so it just depends on what areas you're looking at that you want to get Botox. Yeah, the, the price of staying beautiful has never been low. Dr. Farrah Khan is our guest, and she is uh, on the American Board of Plastic Surgeons, right? You're on the, you're on the board, aren't you? Yes. So, well, well, I'm board certified. You're board certified. So mm-hmm. no, you've got a license and everything, and, and, and you know yes. what you're doing, which is important. Do you, do you anticipate that because we are as a generation not just trying to look younger, we are getting younger. The older, older part of us is dying off. The younger keep coming through. Do you, do you sense that most of these this resurgence or this interest in male patients is coming from a lower end of the demographic? Where, do, where is it starting right now? Yeah, the majority of um, male patients that we see, probably um, they, they come see us uh, beginning in their 30s, and it goes all the way up into the 60s. So um, it, it's spread all over the place. And I'm in Texas, and, um, you know, we have kind of the, the, the cowboy, <laughs> the, the, the very masculine um, males as well. And, and we, we see all ranges. Yeah. You know, we see the guys who work in the oil fields, the guys who work in the oil rigs. We see the guys, um, you know, the executives. Um, so it's just wow. it's a full range. Wow. So you, you, you're, right away, it sounds like every woman needs to move to Dallas right now because you've just dis- <laughs> you've got the, like a bunch of Marlboro men running around down there. But uh, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, in Dallas. Well, uh, very interesting. Botox, key to success at work, and more men are doing it on and on and on again. So if somebody wanted to go down and, and see you, they can just look you up in Dallas and come down and see you. I'm sure there. I know there are plenty of people here in Cincinnati. Plenty of uh, wonderful plastic surgeons here in Cincinnati sure. that do it, but. Somebody could, I mean, is it is it bordered, bounded by state? I mean, if somebody wanted to get on a plane and go down to Dallas, they could see you? Mm-hmm. We actually, we get a lot of patients from all over the country because uh, we specialize in a certain breast augmentation procedure. So as long as you're board certified um, and you have a medical license for the state that you're practicing in, anyone can come to you. Yeah, I wouldn't be interested in that, but I, but the uh, <laughs> but the, the Botox may be. Dr. Khan, thank you so much for your sure. time here today on News Radio 700 WLW. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. There you go. Would you do Botox? No, seriously, I'm, ask, I'm, I'm asking in all sincerity. If a, if, a, if a job that you were up for, let's just say you're up for a promotion inside your company, right? And you're maybe like in your early to mid-40s, and you're up against, you know, Lance Stunning, who was maybe in his late 20s and early 30s. And, he, you, know, you know, Lance looks pretty good. Would you go in and get some work done? just so it looked like you were more youthful or more vibrant. Or let's say you're going on a job interview. Let's say you're gonna, I'm going to go on, you know, I'm working here in Kenwood, but I'm going on a job interview in Edgewood. And in Edgewood, they're looking for a certain kind of uh, guy. They're looking for a young and youthful sales guy. Go get him. Got to get it done. 
And you look in the mirror one day and you say, what the hell happened to me? And you got maybe some creases up in your forehead. You got these really deep laugh lines. Maybe you had some, you know, some, maybe you played hockey when you were a kid and you got your, your chin carved up. You know, maybe you got hit in the head as a kid with a hammer and anything. You're looking at that, you know, maybe I need to, would you do that? If you're a guy, would you do that? Would you spend money on that? I know it's easy to say no because it's not something that isn't, you know, you immediately think of when you're a guy. You want your, you want your macho, you want your resume, you want your goods to be able to sell you, not necessarily how you look. And there may be a disconnect there because of gender, because for a woman who wants all of the same things, all of those same things, the pressure on, on, on there, there's a different kind of pressure on the on the gender equation here. But would you do it if you were a guy? I think I might. I think I might. If I was of that certain age, I thought, who the hell am I kidding? I did. But I, I think I might. I think I might. 749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1, pound 700 on AT&T. Would you, if you're a guy, ever consider? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Plastic surgery to make you look more appealing, either in the dating scene or the employment scene, or if you were shooting a scene in a movie, would you consider a little this, a little nip, a little tuck, a little that? Coming up at 146 on the home of yours, Cincinnati Bengals, none of whom I think have had any kind of plastic surgery, but maybe we can look into that. News Radio 700 WLW. 151, 151, the man said. 700-WLW, Ken Brew is always proud to be with you. You know, the other thing, too, and and uh, Dr. Khan touched on this, social media. You know, if you go on one of those dating sites, uh, match.com, uh, eHarmony.com, uh, whatever they've got, meetmetonight.com, uh, rightnow.com, whatever they are, uh, Sometimes people get all dolled up for their, um, you know, for their dating pictures. And then, you know, you meet the person, they look nothing like the picture. So there's probably a little bit of stress that goes on there, too. You know what? Well, maybe I should get this done before I actually, you know, get my picture out there. It's, it's, it's all about advertising, I guess. But seriously, if you, if you were up for a job, and you know that, you know, it's a jungle out there and you've got all these other people competing for that job and you're a guy, would you, you know, make a trip in there and get it done? I, I think I would. I think I would. Let's go to the phones. Dean is in Columbus. Dean, would, have you ever been to a plastic surgeon? Wouldn't even want to see one. Why not? I'm not going to give anybody that type of money. But it doesn't change your spirit and your heart. What's in you is in you. You have to learn. To love yourself. No, I know that, Dean, I, but a lot of people don't. They think that the next best thing is out there, right? The next, the, that's the next... not going to help them. I used to dye my hair in my 40s. Oh. I'm, I'm almost 69. Okay. It started coming out. You know what I do? I got a razor. I shave it. 
Yeah. I see my head. I go bald. My self-worth is not in my hair. My self-worth is what's in my heart, how I treat other people, how I treat myself. Yeah, but Dean, let's just say you were a young man. Let's say you were in your in your late 30s, early 40s, and things were starting to go more south than north, and maybe your hair was starting to turn gray, or maybe you had some wrinkles. Let's say you were still a competitive guy in the job market, and you wanted a great job and every and everything, and you thought that, you know, the way to get a leg up on the other guy, particularly if you're in a, in a, in a game like sales where it's so competitive, you you wouldn't have thought of, you know, for 300 bucks, 400 bucks here, you know, maybe I can get that job that increases my salary by 10, 15,000 a year. At some point, you still have to face the reality. If they hire you based on that, they'll fire you based on the other alternative. You're making far too much sense here, Dean. You, you understand? Well, I'm six, almost 69. Well, Ken, I, I, I went to the clinic the other day. I, oh. I'm a veteran. Yep. I have Agent Orange, and I've developed Parkinson's. And the nurse asked me, how did your skin, you don't have wrinkles? And I said, I don't know. I guess it's jeans. But I said, I wash my face three times a day. I use an astringent, and I put shea butter and cocoa butter on my well, face. Well, there you go. So you're a guy that will use some product. Yeah, yeah, but I'm okay. not going to no, to a plastic surgeon. I'm not going to get any Botox. No. If your hair is coming out, just shave it off. Shave it off. It's not just self-worth. Shave it off. Thank you, Dean. J- Dean says just, just shave it off. Michael writes in on the uh, Twitter account, I don't see anything wrong with using a product that is legal if it helps your lifestyle. I use high-end toothpaste for the exact same reason. Well, there you go. Buckeye Shane. Get some Botox, he says, only if you're a lady man. Or if you're a ladies' man, we'll continue right next on News Radio 700 WLW. Now your host Ken Brew on News Radio 700 WLW. Well, it happened again this week, did it not? Happened again. Another airline dragged people that had tickets for seats that they had purchased off a plane, largely because the plane was unbooked. Uh, the the plane was overbooked. Uh, there was a dispute about a couple with a, a child, uh, and the right name was not on the ticket or something like that. And the child was younger than what the uh, ticketed uh, seat said he would be. It just it, it, it was just another example of just bad customer service. And I'm telling you, the airline industry, which may be the worst-run industry, customer service-based industry going right now, may be the worst um, maybe, I mean, I hate to get government involved in, in private business, but they're, they're aching for it right now. United airlines and the way they, they handled their situation two, three weeks ago, it was just horrid and it all plays out, uh, for better, I think under the public scrutiny of social media, we saw the video, we saw the video again this week with Delta. Delta Airlines, based one of their hubs right here in Cincinnati. And I don't know when these companies are going to learn that you just can't conduct business that way. And the bigger problem is, is it doesn't seem like they have any kinds of guidelines for themselves when things like this happen. It's, 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 it's really mind-boggling. Dr. John Oppenkar is an author of a book called uh, Organizational Culture, A Force Fierce as Fire. He's also uh, president and CEO of um, Boardroom Partners and Ethical Intelligence Research Center. 
I'm not sure what that means, but uh, Dr. Oppenkar is joining us now on News Radio 700 WLW to talk about why these companies just seem to they can't get out of their own way. Dr. Oppenkar, welcome to 700 WLW. Thank you for inviting me. You uh, you are the CEO uh, for Boardroom Partners and the Ethical Intellig- Intelligence Research Center. So you must be ethical and intelligent to belong to something like that, I would guess, huh? <laughs> well, I hope so. Okay. What what order would that come in, do you know? Would it be uh, intelligence or ethics? Uh, either way is fine. <laughs> now uh, you've got your, you've got an MBA. Uh, you have a doctorate. I don't have an MBA, but I have an MBA in in consuming things. I I think I've studied pretty much what I like and what I don't like, and why I like something and why I don't like something. It seems to me that the companies that I frequent, the services that I frequent, the places that I go to to spend my money are places that treat me right, and that understand they understand that I'm the boss. The 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 customer is always right in my business, radio and TV. The customer is always right. Why, right. and particularly in in the instance of the last month, does the airline industry not understand that the customer is always right? This is something we see all the time. Uh, it just sometimes it manifests itself in such an egregious manner, the way the that United situation did, where they dragged that man off the plane. But we we have this problem in our culture, and not only the overall culture, but within our organizational cultures, which is an area that I, I work in all the time, is that we have established a rules based culture, and it results in the death of reason. <laughs> uh, common sense goes out the window, and that's what's happening here. I mean, uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen these uh, incidents that happen in in school, where some uh, some some child will will uh, bring a butter knife or something to school to spread peanut butter, or they'll mm-hmm. make a uh, the sign of a gun with their hand, yep. and you know they have these crazy repercussions sometimes yeah. they get hauled off and taken to jail by the police well it's, we saw it this week some some kid somewhere showed up in a Darth Vader costume and a, exactly. and, and, and a parent or a teacher saw it and they had to evacuate the school and I'm like it's Darth freaking Vader the movie's been out for 40 years come on that's exactly right and it's um in in, in the case of the airlines we have two really good examples uh, recently We've got Delta and United on the you know kill your customer uh, type path, and Southwest Airlines that uh, recently went way out of their way to accommodate a woman whose son had just been killed. Mm-hmm. And uh, you compare these two uh, behaviors, and I can tell you it is it is ingrained in the culture. Yeah, Southwest Airlines has had a a service oriented culture for uh, as long as the airline has existed well let's start go go finish your thought because i I think where you're going with this is there's a reason why southwest airlines is profitable and does well it's because it 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 always understood that the customer came first right but it's ingrained in the culture Mm. it's uh, it is it is it is the way you control behavior in an organization you know rules and regulations don't work and why? And the reason they don't work is worldview of the individuals trumps knowledge every time. You know, knowledge is not the same thing as believing. Uh, I can I can uh, take exams uh, using the company's uh, 
ethics program and so forth. And I say, yeah, I understand all this, and this is the way we're supposed to conduct ourselves. Mm-hmm. But when the rubber meets the road, I'm going to react on the basis of what I believe, not what those rules say. Right, and the, what you believe, like, for example, if you if you work for, for example, Southwest Airlines, I'm sure that from everyone, from the president of the airline right on down to the guy that takes the bags on and off the plane, is part of that culture and part of that belief and understands what the company stands for, as opposed to, as you say, being able to pass a test as to what's ethically right and what is not. Right. You have these uh, you have these people who are, uh, say, working in these very large organizations. United Airlines is a, is a huge organization. And... People at the top, at the uh, at the board level and the CEO level, they think that by establishing these rules and regulations and these policies, that people out in the field are going to break open the field manual whenever something <laughs> comes up, and they're going to read the rules. Yeah. But again, it comes. You know, that's knowledge. Yeah. But well, what do you believe? Do you believe in taking care of the customer? Do you believe in offering service? Do you do you believe these these other behaviors, as, as, as compared to, well, I'm going to look at the rules here, yeah. and the rules yeah. say I should do this. You know, that's really intellectual laziness. Well, the Dr. Oppenkar, let's 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 compare these two instances. Oscar Munoz is the uh, chief executive officer of United Airlines. He reacted poorly in the wake of what happened to when uh, uh, Dr. David Dow was was dragged off the airplane. It took him three or four tries to figure out that, you know what, we're wrong and we shouldn't have done that. So I can blame him on a number of levels. I just think it, that he didn't have things in place with his airline to deal with the situation that I think probably develops more often than we than we, we think it does. I think it's an actually, excuse. Actually, actually, you're making my point. Yeah. Behavior starts at the top of the organization. Yeah, but, but I, you- at, at, at some point he... At some point, he had a come to Jesus, come to Jesus moment, and 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 then put into action. I, I guess, at least, it seems like mechanism, so it doesn't happen again. I think what happened with Delta this week was inexcusable because they had a complete scenario to go by weeks ago, and they still did what they did. So I I think Delta is more. Um, culpable in this thing than United, simply because United bumbled into it, Delta should have known better because of what happened to United. Yes, but on the other hand, it hasn't, that, 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 that new behavior hadn't. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trickle down to the people on the ground yet. I mean, they, you know, Delta established a policy at the board level. And they send it out via whatever communication system they use. Well, the... The troops on on the ground uh, maybe heard about it, uh, maybe even they got a memo, mm-hmm. but they, had, they hadn't internalized it yet. Yep. It hadn't become part of the the Delta culture that mm-hmm. uh, whenever these whenever these situations arise, we're going to take care of the passenger first, 
and worry about the rules later. Yeah. Dr. Oppenkar, let me ask you this question, because invariably, if you run or own or manage uh, a major company, may not even be a major company, it could be even a company with a limited number of employees, you're going to be placed at some point in a crisis. may not be your doing, maybe somebody else is doing, but you're going to be faced with business not as usual at some point, and it could be you know, a major problem. Why, why, does, it, why does it take a major problem like what happened with Delta and then what happened with uh, United a few weeks ago for, for these companies to put in place mechanisms to prevent it that should have been in place years ago. Is it all culture-based? Do they need to go out and hire PR consultants? What, 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 we understand that culture, what you're saying, culture and lack thereof is a reason why these things happen. But why does it take that? Are they, these aren't stupid people that run these companies. They couldn't get, get to the level they're at. Why does it take no, that? Not. Why does it take no, that for that to happen then? Actually, it it, um, it it happens within those cultures all the time. I don't know how often you fly, but uh, I see people being mistreated on yeah. uh, on these airlines all the time. It just doesn't, just doesn't rise to this uh, big burst of, oh, my God, look what they did to this person. Yeah. Uh, The only way you change behavior in an organization, the only way, is to change the culture and make sure that the people that are in the culture actually believe Mm -hmm. what they say they believe. One of the things we do is that uh, we go into an organization and we test to see if the people uh, who actually do the work, who interface with uh, the outside world, if it, we test to see if they actually believe what the organization says the culture is. And most of the time we find uh, a big gap yeah. because what people believe come from their, comes from their worldview. You know, we all grew up with a set of values wherever we grew up, and those will trump rules and regulations and policies and procedures every time. Now, your uh, your website is drethics.com. If somebody goes there, what should they expect to find? They should expect to find uh, a, a panoply of uh, resources having to do with ethical intelligence, which is an area I've been doing research in now for over 10 years. And they'll find these publications, and there's all kind of information there to assist. Uh, we just released this weekend uh, an ethical intelligence uh, test or assessment to for people to go and take this, and it will give them an idea where, where they stand uh, in terms of their ethical intelligence. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I would hope that some people that run companies in and around the greater Cincinnati area would take it as well. I'll check it out. And you said, did you say philosophy? What was that word you used? Because I only have a bachelor of science degree. What was that word you used? <laughs> Did you Monopoly, learn that? Did you learn that at Michigan State? Is, uh, oh. Yeah, people accuse me. Of, uh, my wife says that to me all the time. Yeah. Don't you talk in English? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, it means a lot. Okay, that's good. You could have said a lot, you know. Yeah, I know. Show off. I know. <laughs> uh, Doctor John Oppenkar, organizational culture of force, fierce as fire, and again, his website is drethics.com. Thank you, Doctor. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I fly not as much as I used to. It is a very dehumanizing experience. We get that. But the fact of the matter is, 
Delta should have just seen what happened two weeks ago, and they didn't. Every airline should have seen that. And the first thing the guy running that airline should have said, what did? What do we have in place in case that happens to us? And make you make damn sure everybody right down to the dude that tightens the bolt on the wing knows this. So this Oscar Munoz dude, you know, I mean, he was clueless. He seemed like a smart man, but he was clueless. He finally figured it out, finally realized that, you know, the people that were representing him and his airline, their actions were reprehensible. But for Delta to come back three weeks later and not have that lesson learned, to me, it's like, how do you stay in business? Seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred. The big one. Pound seven hundred on AT and T. You ever have a situation like that? And is it mind-boggling to you? We'll go to your phone calls next on News Radio seven hundred WLW. News Radio seven hundred WLW. Fifty years ago today, this is the number one song in the USA. The Young Rascals. On a Sunday afternoon. Felix Cavallari, Eddie Brigatti. Terrific songwriting team back then. These guys are from like Irvington, Garfield, Lodi, New Jersey, northern New Jersey. They were so insistent on controlling their own destiny that they won from their record label, Atlantic Records, the ability to produce their own songs. Don't ask me how. It was Cavalieri could be that kind of guy, very forceful personality. He wrote the songs. Brigatti basically wrote the lyrics. And Atlantic did not want to release this song. The album was great. Groove and the album was great. They didn't want to release the title song because it didn't have any drums. It just had conga drums. And the guy running the label had no feel for it. What is this? But as luck would have it, a very popular DJ in the New York area, a guy by the name of Murray Kaufman, Murray the K., happened to be in the studio when they were cutting this song and he told the guy that was running atlantic records jerry wexler look dude you got to release this it's going to be a huge hit i'll play it this afternoon if you let me and it uh, it just skyrocketed just a fantastic song the rascals rock and roll hall of fame 20 years ago class of uh, 1997 50 years ago today the number one song in the usa Cloudy today. Uh, they say we're going to get up to about 57. We're close. Cloudy tonight, clearing out, low 37. Sunny tomorrow, high 59. Sunny on Monday, high 61. 56 right now at the Tri-State's Severe Weather Station News Radio, 700 WLW. Harold is in Indiana. He wants to uh, comment on all this. Harold, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Jerry? It's Ken. Sure, Jeff. Oh, Ken, Jeff. I'm yeah. sorry Ken, about that, Ken. Jerry, <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, you caught me uh, unloading my cards, Todd. Uh, I have a comment about that. I make deliveries for a living in Indianapolis to all the airlines. Yeah. And uh, I have noticed, and I've even got people fired for it, uh, the airlines like to act like they're the TSA. They act like that they're in charge. They're the ones that have the policing of the airlines. Hmm. In what and way? I think in what way? Well, well, for one, I've went into uh, some of the airlines. There's a place over here called Quantum. Mm-hmm. They run the stuff for uh, United and some of the other places. And you go in there, and the uh, guys are sitting there in front of a computer, and all they want to do is uh, recite what the rules and regulations are for TSA. 
when you're standing there at the counter hmm. waiting to get your packages and stuff. Yeah. And uh, they won't wait on you, and if you uh, don't have uh, everything uh, just the way they want it, just like TSA, they'll t- take you aside and refuse to your shipment. Yeah, well, that's not right. I mean, that, that, that doesn't no. seem like good customer service. Harold, thanks for the phone call. Sally is in Columbus. Hello, Sally. Hello. I disagree. The customer is not always right. Really? Because the customer does not have the right to cuss out the people who are waiting on him. They do not have the right to throw a temper tantrum and a fit over policies and rules and regulations that are in there. Case in point, I'll give you two real quick. I was in Kroger one time shopping, and the power went out. We were all made to leave the store immediately. We were not allowed to continue shopping. We had to go to the front of the store, drop our carts, and go. Now, you know, I didn't raise a fuss. I didn't call the police or have it videotaped or whatever. But, you know, that wasn't customer service to me. What's the point if I continue shopping? The other thing is I work for a pediatric hospital. One time we had a 21-year-old who continued to come to the hospital, even though they were not, uh, you know, being followed by the hospital. And it took two days to get that patient out of there one time because every time the nurses walked into the room, she was cussing at the nurses, throwing her food, being a pain, very noncompliant with her treatment. They had the lawyers for the hospital. They had the nursing supervisors. They had the directors of the hospital, the security. Two days to try to get that patient yeah. out of there. Well, I, 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 don't, I, don't doubt, I don't doubt your story, Sally. I don't, I don't doubt that that was... That, that you're right. I mean, if you're if the lights go out in Kroger and they tell you to leave the store, you leave the store. I mean, you you could get into anything there. You could get into uh, safety risk. You get into shoplifting. You get anything that that, that the company well, wants you out of the store. Airlines, I I fly too, and if the airlines came to me and they had gone through all the pro- proceeds and they were, well, I don't think that's the, I don't think I don't think that's the point, you know Sally. You Sally, that's the not the point. That's not the point. The point is the airline didn't have anything in place. That was customer-based for the situation that came up. It was bad customer service. It had nothing to do with whether or not the guy should have gotten off the plane. They didn't have anything in place. What they had in place was inadequate. We'll continue next on 700 WLW. 2.36 on this Saturday afternoon. Good afternoon. Ken Brew. Proud to be with you. Sterling in at the top of the hour. He'll take you right up to Reds baseball, solving all of the world's problems in three hours and creating at least a half dozen more along the way. Talking about uh, customer service, the airlines, and having a plan in place when things go crazy, playing off our guest in uh, the last uh, hour of the show. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Here now is Colleen in Wyoming. Colleen, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Fellow Bobcat here. Oh, Bobcat. Um, yeah. First, clearly Southwest Airlines has got it figured out. But when you think about it, the number one customer service that airlines provide is not to have the plane crash. So well, that's I a pretty low really, bar. I mean, well, when you think about well, it, that's think a pretty low bar. Well, but actually, it's a rather high bar to have all the safety. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, all the safety in place. And I think that's when your when your guest was talking about rules. I think. Maybe many of the airlines, they focus more on the rules in terms of safety and less on the common sense. Yeah. 
for customer service. I just to, to me, it seemed like and Delta was particularly culpable, I think. I mean, to have ha- what happened to United and then not go to school on it to me. Right. And, I, and what his point was, and I think it's well taken. You can have all the mission statements in the world up on your wall where you work and you can have all of the goals that you want your company to have. But if it's not. It's it's not that that's going to win customers. It's going to be the culture and what the customer feels like when he uses your product. And I think both of these airlines have failed failed miserably at it. Right, and like I said, Southwest has got it. Yeah, and um, I did, your pre, one of your previous callers talked about working in a hospital, and it's it's somewhat similar. You have to keep the patients safe first, right? And at the same time, provide customer service, and yeah. that's not always easy. And yeah. in fact, hospitals often follow airline guidelines to keep their um, keep their patients safe. Yeah. So I, I think it's more of a balancing act maybe than some of us realize. Yeah. Colleen, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Dave is in Fairfield. Yes, Dave. Thanks for taking my call, Ken. Go, but, <laughs> go Bobcat. Yeah, great. This is unbelievable. <laughs> the guy, one more says that. The federal investigation begins. Hey, you know, I, I, I'm a little troubled at your stance that you're taking on how the airlines are messed up so badly and, the, you know, they're calling it the dragging incident. Truthfully, I, I have to appeal to your common sense, and we've gotten so far away from common sense that it just it, it's annoying. You know, when, when say you called uh, Uber and they came and, you know, and, and you've got your seat on Uber, and before you leave the curb there, he says, you know what, uh, for whatever reason, I can no longer take you to your destination, you know, you'll have to find another means. You don't have this artificial right to demand that you remain in that seat and and he takes you where you demand. It's not your vehicle, you know. It's terrible customer service, and you would be hard-pressed to get somebody to buy a ticket on their airline again. But you don't have the right to stiffen your back and act like a child and make somebody forcibly drag you you know, off this multi-million dollar vehicle that they've decided who they want to transport and who they don't. I just don't see where this has all changed, and all of a sudden there's a million new rights that have been granted to society where you can infringe on the rights of the person that owns that that business or... I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not, you well, have I'm the not, right I'm, to not patronize them anymore. Right. I'm not. I'm not arguing what you're saying. I, I think. I think what you say makes infinite sense. Uh, I would disagree with Uber because there's another car coming in three or four minutes. Chances there's are there's a whole airport full of planes. Yeah. Ken. There's not. There's not a whole airport full of planes flying everywhere you want to go four or five minutes well, after the last night. But well, we're. But but oh. the, we're, we're. I don't want to quibble over over that. My 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 point is is that the 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 business culture and the mechanisms in place to take care of someone who is a paying customer and bought a ticket on your plane if indeed they have to be removed need to have a really good hard evaluation because they still have these same problems they oversell airlines uh, oversell flights they insist on flying their flight crews to remote cities because the flight crew either doesn't want to work or live in that city or they can't find people in that city to work for them. But and, la- and, lastly, and lastly, it is a let's make a deal mentality now that's, that's, that's emerged from this where I'm not getting out of my seat for $800. Well, we get out for 900 enterprise comes into play. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you that. want people on an airline that bought a ticket starting to negotiate what it will take to get them out of their seat. 
I think you just say, look, this is you're buying this ticket. If for some reason you can't make the flight, if for some reason that we want you off the flight, you are, th- this is what happens. You will be given this and this and this, and then go back and evaluate what your business practices are. I'm not arguing about w- the way whether or not that person should be taken off a plane. I'm arguing well, about yes, the, culture, the culture, what that have. Dave, i got to run. Thanks for the phone call. We'll continue next on News Radio 700 WLW. News Radio 700 WLW. Wanted to get on legendary trainer for uh, Jeff Greenhill for a couple of minutes because it's uh, Derby Day down at the Kentucky Derby. Jeff, welcome back. How are you? Hey, happy Derby Day, Kim. It's a mess down there, isn't it? I mean, it's mud. I just saw a shot of the track. It's holding water, which is not good. Well, there's been a lot of water in the last couple of days. Yeah. But uh, it's a little better than the Oaks Day was. That was a nasty Oaks Day. Right, congratulations to Bob Baffert. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the latest odds uh, that are that are up there right now, and I'm looking at the live odds as they uh, as as they're coming in. Uh, McCracken is at seven to one. He starts from the fifteenth position. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I I've kind of always liked this horse. He's won four or five career starts, three for three right. at Churchill. Why would he not win this race? Well, they're looking at his his race in the bluegrass. Even though he had a layoff, he had a hiccup. And uh, he got beat by a maiden, but McGrath he he is uh, he's eligible to improve for sure. I, I'm a little surprised he's seven to one. Now what about this horse with one eye, Patch? He lost his eye as a two year old, uh, fourteen to one right now. Uh, I don't. I mean, losing the one eye aside, I I would not look at him and say there's somebody that could win. But I could make some money with him if I you know booked him with someone else. I don't think so. I mean. He's fourteen to one because he has one eye. If he if he were two eyed and drew the twenty hole, it's not his fault. Be, I know it's not, but what I'm saying is he's the public's favorite. Yeah. Oh, I see. They Sentimental. Yeah. A, yeah, they would love to see a one eyed horse win the race from the outside post. All right. From the five is Irish War Cried. Right now, nine to two. Uh, he won the Wood. Uh, won the. Uh, I think his trainer won the – I can't remember what year it was. I think Graham, um, Graham Motion won it in 11 with Animal Kingdom. Uh, right. But be that as it may, it's a New Jersey-bred horse, and they haven't won the Derby but twice, and I think the last time they won it was like 80 years ago. So I don't I don't think – at 9-2, to two, that looks nice. I don't see Irish War Cry uh, winning this thing, do you? I kind of like it. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, so all that big setup, and there you go. <laughs> you like him, huh? Just telling you the truth. I, I do kind of like him. Okay. So you like Irish War Cry at 9-2. to two. Now, the one of the early favorites, one of the early buzz horses was Classic Empire. I think he's 8-1 to one right now. What about him? I don't understand why he's drifted up, because the way he won the Arkansas Derby, drawing off at the end, looked like he was looking for a mile and a quarter, which is what, the, of course, the uh, Kentucky Derby is. I like him as well. Okay, so you like him in the money. You like uh, Irish War Cry, fast and accurate. Started the day at a hundred to one. He's down to thirty-seven to one. Is that just a hedge bet by a lot of people that maybe I can make a lot of money with this horse? Seems to me uh, it, 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 this is uh, the local guy owns him, Kendall Hansen, but this is like right. the first time he's raced on dirt. And oh, by the way, it's not really going to be dirt. It's going to be mud. Right. He ran. He ran for a thirty-thousand-dollar claiming tag as a maiden. I think probably Kendall Hanson and his buddies are betting him. <laughs> so who's your so okay, Irish War Cry? Give me three: Irish War Cry, uh, Classic Empire, and who? McCracken or somebody else? 
No, if the deep closer that I like is Gunnavera. I mean, he should love the distance. He'll he'll be flying from the back. So if I were going to if I were going to box three horses, it would be Irish War Cry, Classic Empire, and Gunnavera. Yeah, only one horse. No guarantees. La- yeah. No guarantees. Yeah, only one horse in the last 18 has won the Derby with more than eight career starts prior to it, and uh, that was California Chrome, and that was a hell of a horse. Okay, we'll see how we do today. Yeah. Jeff, always great catching up with you. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. Jeff, Je- Jeff Greenhill, Greenhill Farms. We'll continue next on News Radio 700 WLW. On the Twitter account, Brett writes in, I enjoy your views on things besides sports. Johnny writes in, turn on 700 WLW for sports talk, and Ken Brewer's talk nothing but Botox for men and airline customer service. Brent, could you uh, get a hold of Johnny? By the way, uh, Gunavera, 9-to-1 shot. That was the uh, horse Jeff Greenhill was uh, talking about. Wild backstory on this. Uh, Antonio Sano is the uh, trainer. He's won over 3,500 races in Venezuela, but in 2009, he was kidnapped for 36 days. They had to pay ransom to get him released, and he moved to the U.S. Good backstory there on Gunavera. 749-7000-1800, the big one. Sunday morning sports talk tomorrow. Among my guests uh, will be um, a guy that's got a brand-new book out on the Reds-Dodgers series from back in the 70s. Good read, too. Tom Van Riper will join me. Also, we'll get into the uh, Bengals draft and analyzation thereof with Sam Monson from ProFootballFocus.com. And legendary rock and roller George Thorogood will join me tomorrow morning. It all begins at 9 a.m. on 700 WLW. Let's uh, flog the phone some more. Here is Jeff in Westchester. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Enjoy the show as usual. Thank you. I uh, work in a profession where uh, we're usually the last folks called to, to repair a situation or the folk, first folks called to, to repair a situation. So, you know, a few weeks ago, the airline deal, you know, once they called law enforcement and to be involved in that situation, uh, there's no going back. Yep. Um, there's an old saying that we use, when you force law enforcement to use force, Nothing good comes out of it. Yep, absolutely. And, and it would have been easy for the airlines at that point just to say, this flight is canceled, we're sorry, but you know, due to con- conditions beyond our control, the flight's canceled. But once they showed up, they had to do what they had to do. But it, it should have gotten to a point where it never got to that point. You that know, is I mean, correct. You, that, that, I think, was the crux of what, uh, uh, and thanks for the phone call, what John Oppenkar was talking about. It should have never gotten to that point, ever, but it did. Uh, and, and to not go to school on that, to me, in a customer-based, service-based industry, is just, it, it's mind-boggling. Fran is in Middletown. Hello, Fran. Oh, hi, how are you doing? All thanks right. for taking my call. Yes, yes, yes. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, I wanted to... Um cover three topics. One, I'm a 1.5 million mile flyer with Delta Airlines, mm-hmm. and I've been flying for over 35 years. Number two, uh, because I've flown so, flown so much, I have seen the inconsistencies depending on who the attendant is at the gate and who the stewardess is as to what they will permit or not permit 
And most recently, uh, I, my family, my husband, my son, and I, we were flying to spring for spring break, and um, we were flying down to Florida. And my son and my husband went ahead and boarded the plane, and I had to run to the ladies' room, and the thing said, still boarding. So I come back to the desk. It said, still boarding. I said, here's my, I'm scanning my phone. I'm ready to board. She said, well, the lady's going down and closing the door right now. You can't board. I said, well, my husband and my son are on the flight. I said, what do you mean I can't board? It says still boarding on the, on the thing. And they're like, no, we're not letting you on the flight. And, I mean, I really did become pretty upset, obviously. Well, eventually they, they would not let me on the flight. And the flight sat at the gate for, like, 19 minutes. And, again, she was still walking down the jetway to close the gate, but she was not let me on the gate. She said, we've done the final paperwork. I, I, I tend to think uh, that, that, that stories like you just told, I, I, I don't know how typical they are, Fran. And thanks for the phone call. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's time for me to, uh, to leave. Sterling is in here in just a couple of minutes. But it, I, I just sense that the frustration that most people have with the airline industry is that there is no uniformity to it. And with one of the earlier callers, if you're sitting there trying to play, let's make a deal to get out of my seat that's been overbooked, to me, that just doesn't seem like a really smart game to endorse. But we'll see if other airlines go to school on what happened with uh, Delta and before that United. And, uh, and hopefully there's some resolution to it because in a mobile society, we all use their business, right? Sterling's next. I'm headed downtown for the latest in sports tonight at 6 and 11 on Cincinnati's 9 on your side and right back in here tonight, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on the home of your Cincinnati Reds, News Radio 700 WLW. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.